Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are reading Judges chapter 1. Now I do want to point out something. If all you ever had were Genesis through Deuteronomy, you would find a Messiah. You would know the truth. And that is the only part of scripture we're commanded to read every seven years, as I pointed out when we read through the Torah. But it's not that the rest of the scriptures are not important. It's just make sure before you study anything, you know the Torah, the five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Because as we're told in Deuteronomy, it's that word by which we are to judge everything else. When you understand the Torah, you will see the fallacies in some of these extra books called the... I mean, yes, there were other books written and other Holy Spirit-inspired writings that we don't have. I get that. But there are certain books people are upholding right now that completely contradict the Torah. And so... If you know already what Yahweh said was your guide by which to judge right and wrong, you will discern when the other books are not of him. And that's a huge problem right now with this second wave that started around 2015, um, the second wave of the Messianic movement. So I just want to put, put that out there and just remember, know Yahweh, spend your diligence and time getting to know him, and read his word, first of all, from Genesis to Deuteronomy. Because then, let's say you're a Christian, under trying to, because um, there are Christians who listen to this who still don't understand Torah. But if you understand what he already said and who he was, you will not twist scriptures in the New Testament out of context. And like I said then to the Messianics, when you come across some teachings or, or, or things that, that are not quite of Yahweh, you will be able to discern right and wrong. Okay, that was a big intro, but I just really, I don't know, I just felt to really put that out there. Now, today we're in the book of Judges, and you're going to notice that it's quite, it shifts from the people who were actually trying to obey Yahweh. In in Joshua, there was still a lot of obedience. This, right here, we deteriorate quite rapidly as a people, and you'll see that. And it's so sad, and and I always try to be diligent in my own life remembering these stories because it is so easy to say we will follow Yahweh, but it's so easy to fall away as well and get enticed and distracted by things of the world. So the book of Judges really should be a book of humbling for us and keeping us on our knees and asking Father to help us be courageous and faithful to obey all the words of his law so we don't fall away and do whatever we think is right in our own eyes. Okay, well, without any further ado, let's begin reading with the New King James Version Bible in Judges chapter 1. Now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked Yahweh, saying, Who shall, who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? And Yahweh said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. And of course, Judah is the tribe from which Yeshua comes, and they became the leader of Israel under King David. Well, actually, um, and then Solomon and, 
And, and so anyway, I think there's prophetic reason why Judah goes up first. Verse 3, So Judah said to Simeon his brother, Come up with me to my allotted territory, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him. Now remember, the tribe of Simeon's land is basically within right that same area of Judah's. And one of the curses that Jacob had put on Simeon was that, you know, he and Levi would be swallowed within the tribes and kind of um, lose their identity. And I think that kind of happened because when the kingdom, the northern and southern kingdom divided, Simeon really got mixed in with Judah. It was, it yeah, so even though technically they would have been one of the dispersed ones, they really ended up staying down with Judah, most of, many of them, because of their location. Verse 4, Then Judah went up, and Yahweh delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. And they found Adoni Bezek in Bezek and fought against him, and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. The Adonai, Adoni there, means lord, it means master, so, um, sovereign. Verse 6, Then Adoni Bezek fled, and they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and toes. And Adoni Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. As I have done, so Elohim has repaid me. Boo. Just remember that we will be repaid with what we've done. So let us make sure we are firm, steadfast, truthful, but also gentle and humble when we do that. Then they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Now the children of Judah fought against Jerusalem and took it. They struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountains in the south and in the lowland. Then Judah went against the Canaanites who dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kirjath Arba. And they killed Sheshai, Achiman, and Talmai. From there they went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir was formerly Kirjath Zafir. Then Caleb said, now remember, Caleb was a Kenazite, but here he's known as a Jew. I just always point that out. He was a Gentile, but he got grafted in. Then Caleb said, Whoever attacks Kirjah Sefer and takes it, to him I will give my daughter Aksa as wife. Notice how much different it was for weddings back then. <laughs> the father gave the wife, the daughter, to whom he chose, whoever took the city. So it wasn't about passionate falling in love. Interesting, huh? And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, so he gave him his daughter, Aksa's wife. Now, it happened when she came to him that he urged, well, there's a discrepancy here, but you'll say that she urged him to ask her father for a field, but it seems most indica indicative that he urged her. And she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? So she said to him, Give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the south near Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with his brother Simeon, and they attacked the Canaanites who inhabited Zephah and utterly destroyed it. So the name of the city was called Hormah. And also Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. So Yahweh was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. 
And I don't like the word there, they could not. I, I prefer to say they did not, because we know very specifically it's a, it's a sin that they didn't do it. And Yahweh allowed it, obviously, for some teaching and lesson. But ultimately, with Yahweh's help, if they had been completely humble and obedient, Yahweh would have fulfilled his promise. So we have to remember that. Verse 20, And they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said. Then he expelled from there the three sons of Anak. But the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. Now remember when David, well, you might not remember, but when David became king, he took over the city of Jebus. Finally. (laughs) Verse 22, And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and Yahweh was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of the city was formerly Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, Please show us the entrance to the city, and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go. I bet the man was really happy he went to the entrance of the city that day. (laughs) And the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city, and called its name Luz, which is its name to this day. However, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Eblim and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, so the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, or the inhabitants of Nahalal, so the Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, or the inhabitants of Sidon, or of Akhlab, Akzib, Helba, Afik, or Rehob. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but they dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were put under tribute to them. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not allow them to come down to the valley. And the Amorites were determined to dwell in Mount Teres in Ajalon and in Sha'albim. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under tribute. Now the boundary of the Amorites was from the ascent of Akrabim, from Salah and upward. Now what you're going to learn is that them allowing these people to remain in the land and not driving them out and them not driving them out completely caused them to be thorns in their flesh. Caused lots of heartache. And I think with us as humans, the way we can apply this is anything that's of Satan that we allow to remain in our life. Little thoughts, little messages through TV, movies, um, worldly lyrics to worldly music. Some people haven't got over that. There's all these things that are poisoned candied apples and very shiny. And we think, oh, we'll just avoid the bad. And I'm not saying we escape the planet and we just (laughs) don't go anywhere. But I'm saying we have conscious choice of what we are focusing our time and energies on. And if we just want to be entertained, there's often a danger that we allow in some of the 
tainted teachings of Satan and we just push it aside. It's like, oh, well, I won't believe that. But there's a reason the moral decay has happened in America. And it is because we always think we're stronger. And we say, oh, I'll never change. I won't give in to that. And yet slowly over time, we fade. And the enemy desensitizes us to sin. And no longer are we outraged at what's wrong. When we watch a movie and a man and woman are kissing on it, pretending they're married, we aren't outraged. And we should be. That that man may have a different wife and is kissing this woman for the sake of pretend. We should be outraged at the the insolence that's taught. The fact that no one ever prays to Yahweh that they are their own heroes. That John Wayne is a hero versus Yahweh being the hero. We need to understand and wake up to the subtle deceptions of Satan. Women looking at magazines years ago, many years ago, the father told me to be... um, Stop looking at those worldly magazines right when I was coming to Torah. All of them are photoshopped and fake anyway. And they teach sexual immorality. They teach us women that we are to be objects focused on vanity. When Yahweh wants us to literally only be worried about bringing glory to his name. We're supposed to be camped. I'm not saying we're to be dirty. Of course we should be camped and honorable but not vain and conceited and immodest. So these are the things that this applies to us. If we let them dwell in the land, those things can take root and permeate our lives and our hearts and our minds and our thoughts. And eventually, we will get kicked out of the promised land as well. So I would pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us, protect us, deliver us from evil. Help us to rid our land and our hearts and ourselves of anything of the enemy. And we would be fully committed to him. I love you all. Have a super blessed day.